I'm Katie J. And I'm Katie H. Welcome to the Katie's. <laughs> Welcome, guys. As you maybe have already heard, we have a really special guest in the studio today. <laughs> Our we producer have. Matt, his amazing daughter Rose, is, um, you know, behind the booth, <laughs> adding, bringing the spirit, <laughs> adding her two cents. Rose, do you have anything to say to the people? <laughs> you say, Mama. Mama. <laughs> well, we love you, Rose. Thank you for adding so much to this episode. Yeah, already. thanks for pulling through. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not going to be just making you listen to Baby Babble this no. whole time. Although some people wouldn't mind. It's pretty yeah. dang cute. She's the best. It's pretty um, great. Yeah. Um, we just we want to say an actual good morning and hello to you. <laughs> the sounds are just too cute for us to pass up. Absolutely. We just kind of <laughs> threw you into the deep end this morning. But hello. Welcome back to the Katie's podcast. We are so, so thankful to be invited back into your life. Um, today, we wanted to start off by asking each other a question that we would love to also hear you answer. So go ahead and reach out to us and answer this question if you would like. But Katie H., what is something that um, you feel like God has been putting on your heart teaching you lately? Yeah, I feel like <laughs> he's been teaching me so much lately. I feel like I've been kind of thrown into the deep end with some different struggles and things going on. And I have not been graceful in a lot of it, but I've also really felt just kind of the compassion of God in the midst of the stuff that, you know, we're, we're navigating and working through. And I have really felt a like push from the Lord to dig deep into his word and to have just a quiet confidence and a quiet faith in him in the midst of the stuff that we're figuring out right now. And, um, not trying to be purposely vague, but you know, there's <laughs> yeah. just some things that aren't ready to be shared yet. So yeah, I've just, I've felt not a lot of like happiness <laughs> lately, but I've felt a lot of just kind of this quiet presence of the Lord pushing me towards obedience in the midst of all of it. And I don't feel super like thrown or shaken like I would have expected to, if you told me these would be things that I'm kind of working through right now. So yeah, I'm grateful and I'm just trying to continue one foot in front of the other trusting that the lord's gonna gonna be good yeah absolutely so. well just as a, an encouragement to you friend you seem very graceful thank you um <laughs> thank i know you. sometimes that's almost like harder to hear like oh i yeah. look like it's but truly oh, i appreciate it i receive it thank you of course what about you friend for me so we just got back from our young adults retreat a few i don't know a week ago something less than a week ago less than a week and that was it was a really cool time for me I felt like very ministered to which is a, just a good feeling mm -hmm. <laughs> but from that I definitely feel like I have some stuff to like intentionally like seek out from the Lord and to work on I was talking to a friend about this last night I really feel like the Lord has shown me like it is okay for you to feel like grieved and sorrowful that some things have not turned out the way that you thought they would mm. and like giving and surrendering like the honest feelings to the Lord not just like the packaged up like Lord I understand that it's your plan like here's you know mm -hmm. but being like no I'm I'm angry like I'm angry yeah and I I need support <laughs> and like truly going to the Lord and how silly is it that we 
package things up for God as mm-hmm. if he doesn't see like the ugliest yeah. parts of us. Well, let me hide this over here in this corner and tie it up in a yeah. bow before I bring it to you. Exactly. Like, as if he's not watching us like yeah. struggle to package yeah. this thing <laughs> for him. And so it was kind of like a way off, but it's also been interesting. I feel like kind of these floodgates of emotions have been like opened <laughs> mm-hmm. even in like the last week. And if, if you're one of my close friends you know that I've been feeling very like weepy lately like I'll just like cry about like random things Mm -hmm. and this has been good because it feels like I'm actually like crying about the things that are actually grieving my heart (laughs) and it's not just coming out in like these random like moments of frustration but I'm actually tackling the things that are difficult yeah and so that feels very kind of the Lord to let me really come at what is actually hurting me and actually making me angry and sad and being able to uh, directly surrender that to him has been has been cool but Mm -hmm. it's a learning process not something I'm naturally good at being like unfiltered and before the Lord definitely I don't think any of us are naturally good at that no but anyways that's kind of what I've been learning but like I said, we do want to know what you've been learning too. So yeah. let us know. Let us know. Shoot us a text. <laughs> the things that we're talking about are kind of a good segue into the topic for today's yeah. episode. And we're going to be talking about peace. And peace in thinking about it, it's kind of an interesting one to be a fruit of the spirit. And I think we could define peace in a lot of different ways. But peace in the context of Galatians 5.22 is a heart condition not an attitude, which is similar to what we were talking about with joy, right? That it's not something that we conjure up or make happen around us, that the peace of God is a a position Mm -hmm. that we just live our life out of. And true biblical peace is a gift of God that enables us to be in right relationship with him and with others. And, you know, again, maybe we're just beating a dead horse here, but we have peace, true biblical peace to the extent that we are yielded to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so a life that is marked by peace and true peace and, you know, a lack of division and barriers and all those things, a harmonious, felicitous life is one that is yielded to the will of God. And so there's a couple different kinds of peace that the Greek word that is used for peace in this scripture can kind of refer to. And I want to tackle three aspects of it today. So the first one that I want to tackle with you guys is peace between individuals. So this is the idea of harmony. So peace, as you might think of it as like, you know, world peace, whatever. Yeah. The idea that world like peace. as individuals, <laughs> world peace. as individuals, we are in harmony and in unity with one another. So this mm-hmm. is the really like idealistic, we all can get behind this. This is a great thing. I'm going to read for you 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, become mature, be encouraged, be of the same mind, be at peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So peace is a desire of God for communities of believers. It is his desire that we would be mature and Mm -hmm. encouraging to one another and of the same mind at peace with one another. Uh, There's this quote by Oswald Chambers that I want to read for you guys. It says, no matter how complicated the circumstances may be, one moment of contact with the Je- with Jesus and the fuss is gone. The panic is gone. All the shallow emptiness is gone and his peace is put in. Absolute tranquility because of what he says. All power is given unto me. So this is reinforcing the idea that peace amongst believers, peace in communities, peace between humans <laughs> is only possible 
when the peace of Jesus through his power is invited into a situation. And so it's not just like this harmony in the sense that there's no conflict, you know, that there's nothing is wrong, that we don't disagree on anything, but it's this true vulnerability, this removal of barriers between individuals, this removal of the things that keep them apart from one another, which sounds incredible. Sounds like an amazing thing that is the will of God for us. And we talked about precepts, Austin, that the series of articles of word studies that we had gone through for the last couple episodes. And uh, there's a story in the article about biblical peace that's on their website that I wanted to read for you guys. And it's a really good illustration of what this harmonious peace is referring to. So I'm going to read it for you. One of the best illustrations of biblical peace I've encountered is from missionary Jim Walton, who is translating the New Testament for the Muyani people of La Savannah and the jungle of Colombia. I probably butchered all those pronunciations, <laughs> but you know, do my best. However, Jim was having trouble translating the word peace. And at the same time, Fernando, the village chief, was promised a 20-minute plane ride to a location that would have taken him three days to travel by walking. The plane was delayed in arriving at La Sabana, so Fernando departed on foot. When the plane finally came, a runner took off to bring Fernando back. But by the time he had returned, the plane had left. Fernando was furious because of the mix-up. He went to Jim and launched into an angry tirade. Fortunately, Walton taped the chief's diatribe, and later when he translated it, he discovered that the chief kept referring to the phrase, I don't have one heart. Jim asked the other villagers what having one heart meant, and he found that it was like saying there is nothing between you and the other person. Walton realized that God had just given him the picture he needed to translate the word peace into their language, to have peace with God means that there is nothing, no sin, no guilt, no condemnation that separates us from God. Peace possible only through Christ. So I loved this illustration. That is so good. And the picture of one heart being nothing between you and the other person, this this peace, this unity, this harmony, isn't just, we're going to ignore everything's fine. We're going to yeah. live in blissful ignorance for the rest of our lives. It's true forgiveness and love and sacrifice and just allowing there to be nothing between you and other people. So holding nothing against them, not condemning them, them not condemning you. Like it's this really beautiful idealistic thing. But this leads into the next point that this peace ultimately is also peace with God. Yeah, That there is no guilt, no sin, no condemnation separating us from God. That is what peace is. And uh, Romans 5, 1 says, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have that eternal right standing before God because of faith, because of his justification, because of what he did on the cross. Yeah. Uh, D.L. Moody has a great quote that says, a great many people are trying to make peace, but that has already been done. God has not left it for us to do. All we have to do is enter into it. This is one that, you know, it's really easy to see this as an ideal in the world around us. And... (laughs) Mankind has butchered this at every turn for all of history, that peace is this idealistic thing and everybody has the answer for how we get there, how we achieve peace between humankind and how we achieve peace between countries and people groups and, you know, disagreeing parties or whatever. And we cannot do it on our own because there is this problem of sin. There is this problem of um, pride and of division that is at the heart of 
humankind that God has done the work to overcome, that we don't have to go and try to find a million ways around peace with our brothers, around peace with God, that he has already done it and invited us to enter into it. Yeah. And I think it's really profound and it sounds simple to say, but when you really consider that peace is not something you have to work for, I think that might run contrary to what we have heard our entire lives. Absolutely. That peace is, you know, we have to work obviously in this life for working through problems with other people, but the peace of God is not something you have to work for. Yeah. I think of it uh, in light of something that we say often here, which is talking about drawing from a well or drawing from a reservoir of something that already exists because we have a relationship and communion with God. Mm -hmm. And I think that ties in really well, especially to what you were talking about, about um, peace with other people. Mm -hmm. When we have a well of peace that we have from the Holy Spirit and from our relationship with the Lord to draw from, we aren't having to create peace. Mm -hmm. We aren't having to conjure it up. I think of a term we hear often is protect your peace. Mm -hmm. Like it's something that can be taken or like it's something that gets removed from you, but that's not true. And that creates such a a panic almost of like, oh my gosh, well, I've got to protect my peace because, you know, who knows who might take it or whatever. And it's just not possible. It's something that the Lord has given us and he's given it to us in abundance. It's a never ending supply. Um, So we don't have to worry about who we're extending peace to or who we are experiencing that harmony with, because it's not something that needs to be protected or reserved or Mm -hmm. whatever, but it's something that the Lord gives us as a never ending well. Amen. And I, as you're saying that the contrast is becoming so obvious of when we're saying, Oh, I'm protecting my peace. And we've talked about this from a million different angles in our different episodes and topics, but protecting your peace is just protecting your comfort. Yeah. That's not peace. Whatever peace you have to protect by, you know, and I'm not even going to go into the gray area here. You know what I'm not saying, (laughs) but protecting your peace, you know, from other people as if they can steal it from you is just saying like, you inconvenience me. Yeah. You inconvenience me. And the peace of God is so far above inconvenience. Like he was greatly inconvenienced (laughs) in offering us peace and calls us continually throughout his word to lay ourselves down for others, to do things that are uncomfortable, to deny ourselves, all these things, which if he's asking us to do it are not contrary to the fruit that he promises to bring about in our life. So if he's asking you to lay yourself down, to be willing to be uncomfortable, to pick up your cross daily, right? That has to be able to coexist with the peace that he offers. And so that doesn't mean that we have to look for situations to be uncomfortable in all the time or can't, you know, (laughs) have people that have hurt us and we forgive them and have to remove ourselves in different ways. That That's all whatever. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about this person's like the mess that they're talking and, you know, the nonsense yeah. and the drama and whatever. Like, that's just like costing me my peace. Like, no, that's costing you your com- comfort and your convenience. And the peace of God is not so fickle a thing that those things no, can take it away from it's you. It's not anchored in those situations. <laughs> right. I wanted to read a great passage that really covers this well in Ephesians 2. And the context of this is that Paul is talking to Gentiles and he's saying um, Gentiles who are now believers. And he's 
kind of saying like, here's how we used to live. Like, here's the things that yeah. we know God has called us out of, which he's saying us. And, you know, he was never a Gentile. He was <laughs> a very, very strictly practicing Jew. Yeah. But he's saying, hey, you guys and and me, we've all been pulled out of the wickedness and we've all been pulled out of our sin and given this opportunity through the cross. So we're going to start in verse 13 and go through verse 18 and then we'll break it down once we get through it. But now you who have been united with Christ, once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near him, near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups mm. together as one body. Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross and our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the father through the same Holy spirit because of what Christ has done for us. And so this here ties together peace with God, peace with man, all of it into yeah. one beautiful package. I love, and I think this is verse like 14 or 15 here, but it says, uh, he united Jews and Gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated yeah. us. What's so incredible about this passage too, when we have disunity or struggle or when harmony is broken in communities or whatever, so much of it has to do with identity and like having conflicting identities or, yeah. you know, associations or whatever that is. And what this is saying is, hey, as believers, all of that is moot. All of it's gone. There is no Jew nor Greek. There is no slave nor free. There is no male or female. There's none of these things that identify us in the world have any weight anymore because what he has done in his body by his blood on the cross is made us a new people, a new nation, a royal priesthood. He has yeah. called us to himself, given us a new name, given us a new identity and offered us peace because he is a prince of peace and we now belong to him. And that's just, I couldn't say it any better than the verses here said it. So he has reconciled all to himself, given us peace with each other through a fresh identity and also peace with himself through redemption. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And this illustrates so well how that all happened through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Yeah. We talked a lot about this in the joy episode. Yeah. I feel like joy and peace and like they're really hand in hand. They are intertwined, but this gives such a great picture of that actually happening within Christ's body on the cross. Yeah. And that is something that we can always trace back to and we can always track our peace back to if we're feeling very unpeaceful. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You, you know, that is the forever steadfast, forever anchoring thing in the midst of any quarrel or any situation that is naturally without peace, mm -hmm. um, that is going to be ever more the same. So I think that that is, it's just such a beautiful picture that yeah. this passage paints. I it's love it. It's true. It's so beautiful. And something that I was considering as I was writing this, and it's not in the notes here, but a couple of times in the gospels, I think it's in Matthew and in Luke, Jesus talks about, oh, like you think I've come to bring peace? No, I've come to bring a sword. I've come yeah. to bring to bring division. But what he's talking about there is um, not his desire for disunity or any of those things. What he's saying is, hey, 
in me, there is perfect peace. But what I'm saying, my message, if you do not receive it, you're going to hate it. (laughs) Yeah. Like this is hostile towards sin. And if you love sin, if you love the things of darkness, like I am at war with you Yeah. because those things are contrary to peace. Absolutely. That so that's Luke chapter 12. I just read it mm-hmm. in my devotions the mm-hmm. other night. But he he really is saying I have not come to bring, you know, unity and he's saying it's bringing it's pitting brother against brother yeah. and mother against daughter and all of these people against each other because there's a there's spiritual war. That's mm-hmm. a reality. Yeah. And God didn't come to make everybody hold hands and sing. He he came to finish a war. Yeah, he came to finish a war. And that's that is the reality and I mean, how amazing that we get peace in the midst of, you know, Jesus well, basically well, killing the, the ultimate enemy. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's where the peace comes in. And yeah, so if you're absolutely. if you are his enemy, there's no peace for you. No. There mm-hmm. just isn't. He is a gentle and kind and compassionate king and he is fierce mm-hmm. and terrifying and holy and good and you know both hand. Yeah. <laughs> both hand. And I, I love it. I like just, well, as we were talking about that, not to be so nerdy, but just had the picture of like Aragorn, you I know, <laughs> were you thinking the same thing? Yeah. Like just where it's like, he is, you know, and he's obviously meant to be a, a messianic like figure, yeah. but you know, he, that performance captures really well in it the does. movie version. And I mean, the books too are beautiful, but the like gentleness and the mm. kindness of this man but don't freaking mess with him. No, he was no. out here killing people left and right. Yeah, but righteously so. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> not to get too into uh, One of our resources for this episode <laughs> is the Lord of the Rings. Return of the King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're going to link it in the show. <laughs> it's real, actually all on, I think it's Amazon Prime right now. Yeah, because the show just came out. So yeah. watch it all. Um, yeah, I just did. <laughs> Katie just watched it for the first time, so she's actually saved now. I, don't I know. am, and here's the thing: I'm kind of hooked. Like it's I, really good. I watched it, and I was like, "No, this is really good." Like yeah. I want to watch the movies again already. 100%. I probably come will. over and let's watch. Yes, it. let's do it. Yes, Make some girl. popcorn. I'm done. Um, we'll do a watch party <laughs> <laughs> live. We get shut down yes. really fast. We don't have license. <laughs> yeah, anyway. plagiarism to the max. <laughs> um, okay, so. Good little little laugh break right there. But (laughs) we have discussed now peace with man, peace with God. And there's so much more to be said about these things. I don't want to belabor the point. There's a million verses that deal with these issues. Um, The last area that I want to cover is peace, which leads to security, to prosperity, and to felicity. And we were talking about this and Katie was like, oh, I love the word felicity. Like just the sweetest, most beautiful version of peace. Yeah. But the point here is that unity with others and with God brings about felicity and prosperity on earth, in communities, and in the church. Mm. Like that's so hopeful. That should yeah. be the goal, you know, to see the kingdom of God advanced and to see this prosperity and security just expanding on the earth. It's beautiful. Um, peace that is from God responds in quietness and love, even when faced with difficult circumstances. So something I want to address here that came up in the article on Precept Austin, the security aspect of peace brings to light the fact that the opposite of peace is fear. Mm. What peace does is it draws together. It unifies that which has been broken. It removes barriers. Fear 
tears apart. It draws it apart. It, it scatters. It's mm-hmm. it's chaotic. It brings division and barriers and all this in a million different ways, not just like interpersonally, but also individually and <laughs> all, all kinds of things. So the solution for a fearful, fractured heart is prayer and communion with, with God, which leads to his perfect peace. Mm-hmm. Psalm 86, 11 says, teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. This goes back to that example we talked about earlier about the one heart, that peace is undivided. Peace mm-hmm. is consistent. Peace has integrity of thought, of of, yeah. of practice, of all these things. There's like a purity in peace. Yeah. And when we ask the Lord to give us an undivided heart, that's a heart that is peaceful. And if you even just think about practically, if you are scattered and all over the place or if you're lying and manipulating or whatever, like your life is these chaotic fractures of all yeah. these different things. And a peaceful life, someone that has integrity and is honest and all this stuff, like how can you not have peace? There's nothing to be concerned about as far as being understood or anything like that. You know that um, you're consistent. Yeah. There's a peace there. Um, I just loved this comparison. I love the idea that fear is the antithesis of peace, which seems kind of like, duh, of course it is. But <laughs> the idea of it being fear divides, yeah. peace unifies. Like, I love that picture. It's so beautiful. Um, and so... An example that I wanted to bring up here that I think is such a good one about peace being the antithesis of fear is the story of It Is Well with My Soul. I don't know mm. if you're familiar. Oh, yeah. Um, some of you might not be, but Horatio Spafford, who wrote this classic hymn, um, the, and I'm going to read to you now and then after I tell you the story, this verse from the hymn when peace like a river attendeth my way when sorrows like sea billows roll whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say it is well it is well with my soul so beautiful picture of peace yeah lovely hymn one of my favorites of all time my dad has said forever he's like that's gonna be sung at my funeral and i'm like okay let's not talk about your funeral but um it's just it's beautiful And you would think someone who has a peaceful, uneventful life would be someone who would write something like that. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. So Horatio Spafford had um, a wife and children and uh, one of his sons, well, his only son, one of his children died of scarlet fever. And then he was basically bankrupted in the Chicago fire, 1871. And then in 1873, he and his family were going to move to Europe and um, his daughter's all four of them went on a boat ahead of him and his wife to go to Europe and their ship sank and they all died. And I mean, truly the, like, this is like a Job situation. Oh yeah. Like (laughs) everything is gone from him, everything in his life. And his wife was with the daughters, but she made it. So she like sends him news like, Hey, they're all dead. Like, Oh my gosh. So anyways, he is now on a boat crossing the Atlantic to get to meet his wife. And as he is passing the location that's pointed out to him by the captain, he's saying like, Hey, this is where the shipwreck happened. He writes this hymn. Hmm. And like, as a parent now (laughs) that I can't even fathom, I think I would just be so angry, but also I hope that I'm wrong. And that the the peace of God is completely illogical and a gift in these times. Um, but he, as he was passing the spot, he felt this just supernatural rush of peace and wrote this beautiful hymn. And so I'm going to read you this, this verse again, 
with that in mind of this is, this is the context. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. And that is the promise of peace that Christ has offered yeah. us, that in any and all circumstances, that fear and division and confusion um, have no place in the hearts and the minds and the lives of believers, that even in the worst possible situations, obviously there's great sorrow, there's great mourning in that type of a situation, but the supernatural peace of God is a balm. It is this soothing, beautiful gift to believers in the midst of anything we might go through. And there's literally, I mean, every like martyr story you'll ever read, any story of Christians being persecuted or anything like that, consistently every single time what you hear is that God is faithful to them. Yeah. Like in their torture, in their torment, that God meets them with peace in prison, in like in isolation when their families are killed, like in all these situations that God meets them with peace. And yeah. it makes absolutely no sense. Um, it may almost seem offensive from the outside. Yeah. Like, how could you possibly you? be okay? Yeah. Like how in the world? Mm -hmm. And, but that is... The nature of God is to provide these supernatural moments where heaven meets earth. It really does. And the the veil is thin mm -hmm. between, you know, God and his people. And we have access. You know, we have um, an unending supply of the peace that he provides. And how generous. Yeah how loving and how tender of our God to be so accessible yeah, and to be so readily available to his children in need. And this story is one of the most like painfully beautiful yeah. illustrations of this. And just to be able to like see the devastation of like your life being pulled out from under you in an instant, your children being taken from you, just gone Horrifying. and being able to say it is well with my soul because because God is still good. And it's not and logic and you don't, have to, you don't explain and you don't have the answers and it's yeah. nothing like that. But it is the presence and the nearness of God in yeah. those moments that just assures us of his goodness. Yeah. it's It makes no sense. I'm not going to try to explain it to you. Yeah. It makes no sense. And I was curious, Katie, if you have any experiences in your life, any moments that you've experienced the peace of God that has made no sense. Well, I think there are like a good handful. I think any time I've ever experienced anything like traumatic or mm -hmm. whatever, the Lord has been there in that moment to equip me to handle those situations in a way that doesn't make sense. I, you know, whether it's been smaller things to seriously life altering things, I, the Lord's peace is real and it's in the midst and it's somehow, you know, it doesn't mean there's not tears. It doesn't mean I'm not shaken. It just means that there's, it, it is so hard to explain. There's an understanding that the Lord is there with me and he, he's my comforter. I think back to the season of life, like right after my grandpa died, that was a, that was a really hard season of life. And the Lord was so present in the midst of it. And I felt so alone in moments and but I never felt abandoned by God and that is something that I can 
look back to and be like, no, that's that's a miracle that mm-hmm. I felt any sort of peace or any sort of joy or I had the capacity to <laughs> like move through life in any sort of functional way at that time. Mm-hmm. And the peace of the Lord laid heavy on my life in that season. And like I said, there's been plenty of smaller things since then and crazy things that have happened or crazy situations where I've had to like jump into action and it's doesn't make sense that I have the wherewithal to do those things or to move forward in those situations in any sort of like functionality. (laughs) But the Lord's peace was in, in the midst Mm -hmm. and just what, what a, perfect gift from the Lord that he doesn't let us just um, waste away in those times, but he equips us to move forward. It's, it's amazing. It is. Yeah. What about you, Katie? I, I mean, over and over again, there've been so many things from one of the first ones I can think of is like different health scares and things that have happened. And I mean, one in high school where I had a health scare that I was basically told like, Hey, we don't know if you're gonna be able to have kids. (laughs) And I was, like, devastated in my, like, logical mind, Mm. but felt, like, truly just felt peace from the Lord of, like, hey, okay, like, whatever happens here, like, you're going to be good to me. Like, I I know that you're with me, and I know you're not abandoning me in this moment. I've had lots of loss and death in my life, unfortunately, of people that I love, and most of them have been people who love the Lord, and... I mean, even in like the moments of death, like literally on someone's deathbed, feeling the sweet presence of God, like his kindness, he ministers to his people, like his Holy Spirit ministers to his people, even in the moments of death, like beautiful. One example though, that I was thinking of that really specifically fits this. So my grandmother has dementia, Alzheimer's dementia. And we found out about it. She lived with us for a while. It got to the point where, like, not for our comfort or anything, but we couldn't really take care of her anymore. She needed to be somewhere where she was, like, safe and had more options and activities and all that stuff. And so painstakingly, we, as a family, kind of all agreed, hey, this is the best thing. And it was really hard because her desire had always been, hey, the whatever you do, don't put me at home. She literally Mm. always said that. Whatever you do, don't put me at home. Kind of as a joke, but... It was serious. Also serious. <laughs> yeah. And so obviously we didn't want to just like put her in a home, but we're like, you need to be somewhere where you can get care. <laughs> like yeah. we, we can't take care of you. Um, and it's not good for like all of our relationships if we do, yeah. you know? So anyway, we, my dad made the decision. We had found this beautiful place. He was painstaking in the process, honored her so well in this. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to make sure that I say that because he labored over this decision and was he did not want to. We fought for a long time to have her live with us just wasn't the right thing. We knew God was asking us, telling us it was time. Yeah. So it comes to the day to do it. And the best way, I don't know if anyone has ever dealt with this, the best way to do it with someone with dementia is to kind of move their stuff and then just move them in. You don't want to give a lot of lead up. They can't necessarily remember like specifics of things that are happening, but they have emotional memory. So the trauma Mm. of being told like sticks with them and they get frantic and whatever. So, um, it came down to the time where my parents were like loading stuff out. I was sitting with my grandma out in the backyard. Um, my parents had told her and it was this explosion. She was mm. furious. She was saying horrible things. And the other thing about dementia is that people just say things that they don't mean and they get yeah. really angry. There's a, there's an actual like phase of dementia that is really like cruel. 
Um, and that is not who she is yeah. in any way. <laughs> so it was really hard. My dad was devastated, um, but they still had to like move some stuff. <clears throat> and so I was sitting in the backyard with her and she was just furious and kind of frantic and obviously scared, you know? Yeah. Um, but she's someone who loves the Lord, loved the Lord, pursued the Lord, honored him with her life in so many ways. And so I knew I was like, she has the Holy spirit. Like, yeah, I, this is the kind of conflict I was having for a long time with her. So I was like, she has the Holy spirit. Like I understand her mind is not working correctly, yeah. but God is still within her, you know, like he can still speak to her. She can understand his voice. And so we were sitting out there and she was kind of complaining and furious and all this stuff. And she wouldn't talk to me, which was even crazier because I was her whole life, mm-hmm. my brother and I. Um, but anyway, she was just furious and I kind of called her out like directly. I And I just started like telling her the truth about God and about his spirit and about the hope that she has and all these things. And I was like aggressive a little bit, mm-hmm. like speaking to like within her, like not even at her necessarily, yeah. but just like, no, like absolutely not. And um, this like, I don't know how to, I mean, just the presence of God fell on both of us in this moment. And I watched this peace just like wash over mm-hmm. her. And um, the Lord just was kind to her and yeah. ministered to her. And she had so much peace. And there was no like reasoning logic happening. It wasn't like, this is the best thing for you and blah, blah, blah. It was yeah. just like, the Lord loves you. He is with you. You know, like just the truth. And you do not have to live in fear. You don't have to live in anger. Like none of these things have yeah. any claim on you kind of thing. And, um, my parents kind of joke about it to this day, but like literally there was a shift in her from that moment. And not because I said any of the right things, but because right. God was gracious to her. And we still say all the time, she's been there for four or five years now. And this entire time, as she has like declined in other ways, she has had so much joy and peace. Mm -hmm. Like she is the kindest, sweetest lady. (laughs) And, you know, she'll like joke because she doesn't understand anything that's going on, you know, and she'll just be like, oh, I don't know. And like, is just still Mm -hmm. so happy. And that is not the norm with patients with this disease. Um, But that is the graciousness of God, giving her peace, being with her, even when her mind has failed her. Like God has not failed her. He has yeah. not left her. Um, this doesn't make sense why she has to deal with this, why this has to be how her life concludes. But it's not hopeless. It's not pathetic. Yeah, She has dignity and she has comfort and peace because of the minister, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in yeah. her heart. And that to me is even just so encouraging. Like even if my mind leaves me, God does not leave me. Yeah. Like if I lose my friends and my family and my home and my health, like even my mind, mm. God is still with me. Yeah. Um, so that's just one of the best like examples I have of this. And, um, like Such I said, a beautiful example, it is, it really is. So we don't have time for much more today, but do you have any concluding thoughts, Katie? Just, I feel like we live so much of our lives, even as Christians in so much like toil and struggle that is not needed Hmm. and I I just want to like encourage all of us not you as the listener but us that the Lord is near to the brokenhearted I keep thinking about that I've been thinking about that verse a lot lately but the Lord is near to you he is not far off and lofty he's in the midst he's uh with you and part of you and his spirit dwells within you and um don't 
be hesitant to walk in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not denying life by doing that. You are walking in the fullness of it. And yeah. so Amen. that's kind of <laughs> my my parting thoughts on this episode. Just we serve a kind, kind God. We do indeed. All right. Well, you guys know where to find us. You can find yeah. us on Instagram <laughs> at the Katie's Podcast, or you can find us on email at the Katie's Podcast at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, send us your questions, concerns, disagreements, threats of heresy, and all all those things. things. So we love you guys. We can't wait to talk to you soon and keep going with this series. Yes. You guys have a great day. Bye.